This is the Make Sierra Leone Famous Podcast. If you're looking to explore Sierra Leone and understand its culture and its people, you've come to the right place. On every show, you'll meet Sierra Leonean creatives and entrepreneurs overcoming challenges and beating the odds. They are artists, filmmakers, musicians, chefs, writers, storytellers, and designers leading Sierra Leone's orange economy, both at home and from the diaspora. I'm your host, Vicky Rameau, journalist, entrepreneur, and community builder on a mission to expand Sierra Leone's presence on the web. Hashtag Make Sierra Leone Famous. The other voice you'll hear on Make Sierra Leone Famous is sound engineer and producer Frank Vin Bob McEwen at VRNC Marketing Company in Freetown, where this show is mixed and mastered. Now, make the show begin. As an entrepreneur, I can say you are like all over the place. You have to do everything. When I started, I'd be just they use me printer and host and just print because for me, I'm always about transparency and integrity. Whatever the gonna be product, I want me the customer know waiting in the eat because it's also important for health reasons. So people, so many people get allergies. So what I used to do is just me on print and I host. I would just put S2 Delight, the name of my brand, and just mm -hmm. the different ingredients. Then I just piece them. But then going on, I begin like follow other people the way they do similar things in other countries. Because like I said, when I started this, there was no one doing it. I don't have anybody we don't ever mm -hmm. do smoothies and juices in this mechanic scale for like do delivery. Welcome to another fabulous edition of the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast. Today, we are taking a bit of a detour. We've been having lots of conversation with creatives, people who create artistic work, either in music, film, or the arts, um, to make Sierra Leone famous. Today, we're taking a little segue down to Entrepreneurship Street, where I'm talking to a founder of a brand that is using agricultural products from Sierra Leone and to add value to them and make them into household consumables that you can enjoy and have in your kitchen, on your table. Um, I tried her brand for the first time this December and I was just like, it's hitting the spot and it's giving what it's supposed to give. It was really good. Today, I'm talking to the founder of Estu Delights, maker of fresh smoothies and juices, Honey from Sierra Leone and Funde, aka Fonio. Ladies and gentlemen, with me in the studio today is Haja Mariama Myers. Woohoo! <laughs> Hi, Haja. Hi, Vicky. Thank How you so are you much doing? for this introduction. I am fine. Thank you. Thank you. Like our first, our first entrepreneur on the show. This is very, very important. Thank you for giving us this leadership to take us down entrepreneurship streets. <laughs> Let me understand how this thing is so good. I did do. Okay, so my first Thank thing you. is, 
you know, all of, I think a lot of people think about um, making products, right? We, all of us kind of like just driving around, you're like, oh, you know, banana, I could make something with banana. Or, you know, oh, and Pepe, I could make something for Pepe. But what was the, um, your go to Jesus moment or that moment of, that catalyst moment, that turning point moment for you that made you realize that, you know what, I actually want to do this and I'm going to do it. What made you start um, making Sierra Leone products? Um, it was it was sometime in 2017. I've always had this idea of um, creating natural products because I've always been big. So um, I tried to have health conscious meals as often as I could. So there was a time I was working in the fields. I was in construction industry. I was working in um, Kabbalah doing some work projects and I was quite, that was my first experience in actual rural areas. So I was quite fascinated by the amounts of fruits and vegetables that we could find on our way. They were just literally on, <laughs> all over the place. So we would just pluck them out and I would have fresh fruits fresh mango, oranges. So I was actually stunned. But then when we're in Freetown, we always buy all our fruits, um, all, all our juices from the supermarket, and we don't even know where these juices are coming from. And we're not even certain of the ingredients in these juices. And we're not even certain if they're actually natural juices, as it's stated on the packages and things like that. So for me, I was like, you know what? I think, I think um, there are a lot of people there that want natural products, but it's just difficult to get um, in the urban city. So that's how it started for me. So it was mostly for my family. And we started making smoothies. Okay, so you, so you were in Kabbalah and you basically you just saw a lot of produce. Like there was just yeah. a lot of produce. And yeah. it just came to you that you could turn this into a business. Yeah, so that's how it started, yeah. But how did you start? I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, this would be a good idea. But what did you do? What were the steps that you took? What was like the first batch of products that you made? So for me, because I love smoothies, I love juices, I love natural products, we drink honey every day in a, at a house with my family. So we used to buy imported honey. So it was quite easy to adapt natural products. So then I started making the smoothies for friends and family. So I would make for my husband and I'd be like, oh, this is nice. And everyone loves the smoothies. So the first batch, I think if I can remember, is I started taking them to gym classes. I was part of body tech. So whenever I'm done with aerobics classes, I'll just take the smoothies there and I'll be like, oh, I have fresh juices and smoothies. I wanted to test the market because, you know, smoothies are not traditional beverages here. So, and the reception was quite good. Everyone was like, oh, today you're not bringing smoothies. Today you're not bringing juice. So that's how it started for me. <laughs> so it was just like um, 10 bottles, 15 bottles, 12 bottles here and there. And then we started going out to events. I think the, the, big, the, the first big event for us was at Madeng. So we did Madeng and, and it was a hit. And everyone wanted to try smoothies because I know when I started, few people were like, ah, 
this then I, I still drink the oh, we not think say people how much people want for buy um, <laughs> how much people want for buy food say, for fifteen thousand or twenty thousand mix mix foods there people are not savvy this kind thing here so but what I did was and um, so many people advised me oh just blend everything from home and take it to the exhibition but I wanted people to actually see what was going in the cup so. We took all the produce to the exhibition and we started making the smoothies. And I saw lots of concerns, um, lots of inquiries. People wanted to know. There were so many people that it was the first time for them to actually try the smoothies. And everybody was like, oh, this is really nice. I, I didn't know it, it's possible to have smoothies here. Because whenever you get to the hotel, supermarket, or restaurant, they, some do natural smoothies, but most of them they used um, packaged juices and just mix um, whatever. It's not 100% fresh fruit. So for me, I was actually trying to, to change that narrative that we, um, it's possible to have fresh fruits and smoothies and juices with um, all the healthy nutrients in it. So that's, that's how it started. The Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast is made possible by Dots Blue. With its certified air freight service, Dot Blue is the easy and affordable way to ship to Salon from the US or from the US to Salon. No need to wait till someone is going home. Dot Blue will deliver your next package to Sierra Leone in 15 days or less. To ship with Dot Blue, contact us on WhatsApp on plus one two four zero four six zero two zero five six or plus two three two eight eight three one three 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 zero in sierra leone you can find our office at 17a wallace johnson street in freetown fly and go with dot blue we go deliver for you d-o-t-b-l-e-u dot com Okay, so like, I mean, one of the things, I don't know who I was talking to uh, in another one of those conversations and they were saying that like, oh, it was an artist who said that when they wanted to start an exhibit um, to curate art, the first thing people said was like, oh, people here are not going to be interested in this. Like, Sierra Leoneans mm -hmm. are not interested in art. So, you know, mm -hmm. don't be surprised if people don't like it because we know we don't get Sanayaso. So really, this not so, you know, like it's for mm -hmm. other people, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's so interesting that like this is like it's a theme in Sierra Leone. Whenever people want to try something new that is not available in the market, the response is always like this thing is mm -hmm. kind of not for us. It's for like those people over there. It's not for us. Yeah. We this also this thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like a con it's a constant theme. But I think when people really um have opportunities and they take advantage of an opportunity like scarcity scarcity in the markets or the absence of something in the market is an opportunity yeah. right if people that not guess that already it means say possibility they fully you do are like nobody else is doing it so you can be first you can be a pioneer you can be yeah. the person that makes that thing popular you can be the person that creates the the interest in it right um, when I started my TV show, I remember people used to tell me, they're like, oh, people are not, they do talk show now, we're not get at Snaya, so people, 
would I go out for what to talk show? What do you get for talk about self? Ah, do you left people? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and yet here we are. Here we are. Over yeah. ten years later. Over ten years later, we're still in the game. Um, mm -hmm. how do you source your products? Um, what's the supply chain for you right now? So we don't make. So we source from intermediaries, meaning from the markets, from Luma, or then we some we we're trying to source directly now from the farmers because we're doing in a very small scale. We're doing small batches, so it's a bit difficult to when you think of the logistics, all the transportation costs to actually pay for small produce from the rural area. So sometimes it's better to just. Purchase. Um, they have this market called Luma that's uh, happening around somewhere in Guya or Mendi. It happens on Tuesday, so they have like huge produce that come together that you can just purchase from there, or sometimes to buy from the markets. Um, but now we are moving to actually buy from the farmers because the demand is increasing. But supply chain is actually a major issue in the agriculture sector. And you you want the the thing is that we always claim there's an abundance of fruits there, but then it's not available. Why is that a problem? Because mostly some of these farmers, it's difficult to work with them. As a small business, you have to invest a lot in stock because uh, most of the farmers, they've gone into contract farming with like big buyers. So... Maybe they've supplied them with um, input supplies, they've helped them with brushing and all of that. So they've committed their farms to big buyers, so it will be difficult for you to establish that relationship. But we're getting there slowly, where we've had um, some relationship with pineapple farmers and see how we can source from them directly, because that's that's the, the vision of our business. We actually want to impact farmers and we're saying we want to go from farm to table. So actually I'm trying to help with post-harvest losses because most of the time they harvest this produce, they don't have the markets, they don't have immediate off-takers. So these are the things we're trying to work on right now. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to hear that we don't have as many fruits right as we think that we do i think because like when you go you see sometimes you see in the market right if you're not mm -hmm. in manufacturing and you're not producing when you go mm -hmm. and you see mangoes everywhere you're like oh that's we get hey, mango mm -hmm. we get this we get us we get that but mm -hmm. if you're actually producing and you need large volumes i've had people yeah. who are in the coffee business say this i've had people who are in the um even in the rice business um mm -hmm. when people talk about um local rice like oh why aren't we everybody should eat local rice everybody should eat local rice but we're not yet producing enough to feed the whole country so even if everybody wanted to eat local rice we don't have enough local rice to feed the country right so exactly. even the production um yeah. yeah like the production side of things Tell me a bit about what you know about the state of kind of farmers in Sierra Leone. Um, I know that most of the, the farmers in Sierra Leone are like subsistence farmers, it's like, you know, household farmer, but the ones that you guys source from um, or that you're trying to source from, you know, what is their size or their capacity? Who are these people who are doing large scale farming in Sierra Leone? 
and where are they? So, um, like you rightly said, most of the farmers, they are working on subsistence and small scale, and most of them is just small family farms. A clear example is when I started um, processing sugarcane. So there was this farm somewhere in Waterloo that we found, and this is after I've contacted the Minister of Agriculture with the Extension Division. We did the scoping to see where we can get um, some sugarcane from Western rural area, and that was one of the, the sites that was um, allocated that they have huge sugarcane. And when I started buying from the farmer, it was within three weeks, Everything um, at the farm was, I, I was able to absorb the whole farm and there was nothing left. So, and that's the case. Wow. In most three yeah. weeks. Within three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the whole farm, because. And I know so, because mostly it's less than one acre. In some places, it's maybe. Right. It's town lots, seven town lots, you know, because they do not really know the value. We do very limited value addition here. So the the the, the power, the power, the, the mm -hmm. old man was like, oh, I tell you, thank you. This sugar Kenya pasak in the cotton, they go sell our 1,000 a market. But now they can buy her in bulk, at least they will see me money, or they're picking the can cut and the jam chaman. So now he wants to grow more, mm -hmm. and I'm willing to support him to do like a large scale then. I can be his own off-taker. So now he has a ready market. So that is the kind of impact we are looking at. So it's the same in most places. Then we went to go again. There was in Kenema, there was another place I was buying. They were like, oh, this is one of the best areas. They have lots of sugar cane. They have lots of fruits. A month time, they could not supply me anymore because their productivity is quite wow. low. So, yeah, so these are some yeah. of the issues. There are, there are few plantations around, but most of them need mm -hmm. some rehabilitations. And those with big plantations, yeah. like I said, are already committed to big companies. Um, you know, we have like two big companies in the in the fruit and vegetable sector. Yeah, the the ecosystem. The, uh, uh, yeah. yeah so mm -hmm. most of them have already committed. So it's a bit difficult to try to get them on board. But so so for for a small scale business. With limited resources, how do you spread your resources across the supply chain when at this time you're just trying to grow your business yeah. and focus on the marketing side? You know, the processing and marketing side, now you have to think about supplier relationship, you have to think about logistics. Because let's say even with all the contractual agreements, when it's time for harvesting and you're not there to pay and collect your produce, they will sell it to someone else. Because in this, it's not just about... No way! <laughs> yes, yes. It's not just like we have to also acknowledge that these are, are poor farmers, you know, so they need the money immediately. This is their daily subsistence. So it's, it's a tricky one. The radio broadcast of the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast on Radio Democracy 98.1 is made possible with a generous grant from the Asma James Foundation. The Asma James Foundation empowers women and girls with mentorship, scholarship, and life skills training. 
To make Sierra Leone better for girls and girls in Sierra Leone better, visit the Asma James Foundation at asma, that's A-S-M-A-A, james.com. And now, let's go back to the show. Managing those relationships sound like a nightmare. I thought trying to get my clients to pay me, pay my invoices was a problem. This is like a whole other kind of problem that I don't even know. Uh, no, because I think yeah. the first way owe you money when, uh, when you don't get contact with somebody, where now you clients, when I get a contract, you know, say even with but then from then something a verbal contract or verbal agreement, but sometimes it's same way in ready for sale. You not you not call them in phone not be get support. Mm-hmm. The other person can't be want the money. I mean, how do you even plan? I don't know. How do you plan production with such risks? A volatile, these are yeah. It's it's quite volatile. Oh. It's a volatile market because um, really inventory management is a big issue. So for me, Nadamiko has starts like I start from how do you mitigate for that? I mean on the phonio side, okay, understand phonio is like a, a has long shelf life, right? On the honey side as well, honey kind of has a, a long, relatively long shelf yeah, life. But on the fruit side, how do you manage I mean fresh fruits where you get for una they make una juice today for selling today for let us drink within like 72 hours because I know they add any preservatives for the smoothies how are you even in this business like I don't even understand the stress level because how do you how do you have consistency um if if the relationships with the farmers are so like volatile like you say how do you mitigate for that in your business which is like a fresh smoothie business I mean, the customer did not get for even understand. You're not going to tell the customer, say, oh, that farm, we don't go, we don't talk. They may say, they give me 10 bags. Yesterday, we'll go there. The man said, that person don't can take six bags. So now one bag left. So that's why there's no pineapple. <laughs> there's no pineapple, la di da. I mean, how do you even have a, So how do you mitigate for that um, as an entrepreneur in this, like, health and, I mean, healthy foods and, like, fresh food, yeah. food market? Yeah, it's quite challenging. It's really a challenging business, you know, but um, it takes time. Like I say, you get for try for building events, you get for try for land for new market. So we buy in small batches for now because then it's just left the supply side. You have infrastructural problems also. You have to think about storage. You need like deep freezers. Then you have to think about electricity. So then the lights not deep. Oh, so, exactly. So too much yagba. The game gets too much yagba. So Hey, you know I'm cool and this is the problem. You know I'm cool no, no, and hey, it's exactly the mix for you the so and we won't because that is where the opportunity is. You know, I would say as to the lights are a pioneer for health and wellness brand in a salon. But this it's possible because we've seen it worked in other places. We don't see a work in other Africa countries mm-hmm. the way when they don't start that kind of business they so 10 years ago and the people they also go through the similar challenges there. So I think with time, with building that kind of relationship there, so eventually it will get better. 
like I say, when we start, it may be difficult for get most of the produce them. Now we get farmers them, and we they try for go into vertical integration. We get we own farm on we own, or we self they try for develop. Because mm-hmm. if you get your own farm, then you are assured of consistent. Can and you break supply. down? Can you break? I'm sorry, we are not in the agriculture sector. Could you please explain <laughs> to us, myself included, okay. what vertical integration means? Not that be also because you go school means you can confuse me with big 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 What is vertical integration? This is all about the Yagba. This is all about the Yagba. <laughs> so it simply means, say, I want to make a get fresh and quality produce all the time. For make her able to sustain me, me supply chain, I know we always able to depend on external suppliers. That means, say, I forget my own source. And one part of my own source can be, I forget my own farm where I did develop and where I me control. So if I get to my own farm day, I can even get my own produce anytime I want her. And I can also able to manage the quality in the farm day. I can even get to let me good agricultural practices there and a certain say, waiting at the cell, not actual organic thing there. Because we all say we are faced with different issues. Okay. People let they use GMOs and fertilizers and all the kind of thing they do. But we mm-hmm. promote health and wellness and we try to keep all we produce there organic. So now that is so vertical integration meaning say a day so vert, for vert, supply chain. So you're yeah. basically so yeah, okay, I get it. So like you are instead of depending on external sources for all of your uh, uh supply, you also are basically it's like an additional supply chain that you're creating for yourself. Um, exactly. within the existing one to kind of stabilize your okay. Yeah. It's and like mitigate, and mitigate the it's only yeah. it's not revenue that's coming in, it's like it's not revenue, it's like produce, right? Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. how have you been able to because the other thing that a lot of entrepreneurs in the sector talk explain about is like branding and packaging. How have you been able to um basically get the right packaging for your products um how did you start out trying to get the the right packaging or the right branding um what was that journey like (laughs) yeah as an entrepreneur i can say you are like all over the place you have to do everything when i started i'd be just they use me printer and and just because for me, I'm always about transparency and integrity. Whatever the bonami product, I want me the customer know waiting in the eat because it's also important for health reasons. So people, so many people get allergies. So what I used to do is just me on printer and I I would just put S2 Delight, the name of my brand, and just mm-hmm. the different ingredients. Then I just paste them. But then going on, I begin like follow other people the way they do similar things in other countries because like I said, when I started this, there was no one doing it. I don't have anybody who don't ever do smoothies and juices in this mechanic scale for like do delivery. So um so I started so Sunday, I mean then later now I get for find like a graphic designer that I had to start together with so that double Pinterest or Google, fair different design there. Then I see those make graphic designer, we get for 
build everything together. So for me, that was the where I started. So I guess for Silo was a graphic designer, build me logo, saying at this I want before ever. Um, I get to the stage where I begin for outsourcing to post one of the disabled though. I say, okay, no, I think this is the time I want a professional logo. So they do me professional logo. Then also me marketing, as you can see me online, still not a social media game, but <laughs> but I'm trying with the social media because I know it's quite important, especially we when I just delivery they do. So I be try to get a small company also way for manage me. Me marketing because the say we do in a very small scale, so I cannot afford a big marketing budget at this stage. But then also you will just have to try to manage because you want your princess to be felt online. That is where most of my customers are. We get interestingly, I mean if you see most of my customers and are just millennials, but all people are warming up to the product because they have the purchasing power. And they want healthy beverages. So with the try for C, I would able to mix, mix that traditional and, and digital marketing um, um, marketing space. So for me, it's it's been a trial for me. Like I say, um, I've always had this idea since, let's say, 2015, 2016. At 2018, we actually become like an actual business, registered business. Then the corona, we took a break. So now just last year again, we begin like full-scale production. I have my employees, about three to four staff there now. Mm-hmm. So so it's been like a trial period. And for me, I think I understand the markets now and I know where I'm going, yeah. We will be right back after this short hey. music break. Hey. Back then when we start, nobody know understand That God's plan what we made from the sand From the feet where they take to the stand With the hopes that we reach out the land Everybody don't dress for the occasion Let we meet at the location God in wheel not for move, waiting don't go around No need for come around, we're not leaving the rotation Yeah, Won't free with the flow, they're not get me Now we back there and talk and debate me we not go able to do side of it, sweet. We not go able to wait till you wait, sweet. We never enough, we took trust us. Whatever we do, we stay blessed. I know when we arrive, we gon' turn up. When we arrive, we gon' flex. We they move, we they move, we they move. God in people, then they move. God in people, then they move. We they move, we they move, we they move. God in people, then they move. We not get nothing else to prove. That was Drizzlick with Exodus. And now let's head back to the Make Sailing Famous podcast. What is the one um, sure ball way that people like find out about your product or um, experience your products? Like when you are reaching out and marketing your products, what's the most effective and efficient way? For you so far what's been the one way that you're like okay when i put this product out like this or when people taste it here or do this they always give me this kind of feedback what works the most for getting this product into people's hands now it's one-to-one it's on um, selling directly to customers 
that has been the best approach now. But then now we're trying to move to B&B business to business because that's the way we think we can actually scale up. So now we're just doing WhatsApp status and um, we do a lot of Instagram and a bit of Facebook here and there. But for me also, um, it's based on the recommendation. So many of our clients, so say they would deliver a person in office, yeah, word of mouth, okay. yeah. Then people will be like, oh, we don't try this smoothies, but not even not say this kind of thing in a salon. I want for trial. Or so then they sat in office, possibly just bumped in, oh, then they do this kind of thing, I so I want for trial. So mostly it has been word of mouth. And of course, the digital space has also helped with, with WhatsApp and the Instagram. That's if helped a lot, yeah. But we are trying to see how we can okay. move into the BNB um, space, yeah. Do you think that there is, like this, I know that you didn't, you didn't go to school to be an entrepreneur, right? Like when you, yeah. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it wasn't in your plans that you would go into entrepreneurship and definitely not in the sector. Um, do you think that there is an emerging trend in Sierra Leone where people are embracing, at least of your generation, are embracing entrepreneurship in a in a new way? Yes, yes, I think so. I think, in fact, it's it's a new cool thing. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur now. Actually, soon and even know it's. You know, it's it's a lot of work, and but I think people are not actually creating products; they are just selling things into trading. So I see lots of trading going on instead of okay, actually trading. yes, trading instead of actually um, developing and creating unique um, products and focusing on niche markets. I don't see a lot of that, but I think it's building up. Um, okay. Yes, I think the entrepreneurship ecosystem is it's building up. It was not like that even five, eight years ago when I started. I've started doing business since I was in college. I think I've always had this business acumen in me from just moving from selling clothes to construction. To, so I just, you know, and most of the things I've done, it's out of passion and out of the need to just provide services to people. Yeah. Right. No, I definitely think that you're totally right about how there was a time in Sierra Leone where, and it wasn't that long ago, where especially people who were educated, um, if you're educated, especially if you've been to college, that the idea of you then doing business was kind of not something people respected. It was like, if you don't go school with you, like, not office you for go, like, they're there was like this set yeah. path of like, okay, yeah. you go college, you get your degree for Fenwick, go to office. And there was a little bit of like a, I would say a, a negative connotation or association with, um, uh-huh. like say if you they do business, now because you're not able to make them other team. <laughs> like, you know, yes. like you go to school, you're not able to get work. Then at that make yeah. now, you get for start business because you're not able for really do the team way for make you successful. So now I like... It's like a lower, <laughs> yeah. it's like a lower, you know, like, yeah, yeah. so that culture is there. And then um, I, I, I've I, also noticed that there's, there's a thing where people are, especially now the educated class, right? The educated class of people, millennials, 
people th realizing that maybe instead of I come sit in this office, um, they wait for three million every month or four million every month that like I try to do business. Um, and that's why those who are adding value beyond trade like yourself, you know, you stand out because yeah, people are doing business also, but very few people are going this, this long path of creating something, um, creating yeah. a brand and go, I mean, already you can tell why, because even as you, they talk all of these moving parts to create value, um, you're not easy, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad that at least things are shifting that people are embracing mm -hmm. business because now from trading you left, you go for all that team. You understand what I mean? But at exactly. least that, yeah. that, you know, commercial activity, indigenous that by business, yeah. it, yeah, it's kind of getting into our system. We're not, not just leaving it to like the, the Lebanese, the Indians and yeah. the Fulanis, but we're also kind yeah. of like taking an active role to say, okay, you know, business of all, all man, anybody can do business and it's not a class thing. It's not like, you know, yeah. it's not a class thing. It's just like, it's yeah. an opportunity. Um, and it, it's an op opportunity in the market. Um, who are some of the people or what are some of the like organizations that are currently providing um, support? People organizations are providing support to um, entrepreneurs like yourself. Like where do people, somebody's listening right now and they're an entrepreneur and they're looking for support, um, either business support or um I don't know, money, whatever, resources, yeah. the broad frame of resources. Mm -hmm. um, where should they go? Like, what are the available resources? Yeah, um, so we have a few, like, you know, the, the entrepreneurship ecosystem three, four years ago was still at the nascent stage, just beginning. But now we have lots of business support services around business um, support institutions. So... You can look from the government side and from the private sector side. So let's say from the government side, you have SMIDA, Small Medium Enterprise Development Agency. Um, they have different schemes. Like there was this scheme last year called the Muna for Fund, where they were supporting small um, businesses with, with some loan, I think about 10 million, 15 million grants, but that's something, right? That is something someone can always use to start to actually formalize your business, yeah. do all your incorporations Absolutely. and things like that, which is quite important to do your quality test if you're in the food sector. And you have, um, there's a, there are different projects, there are ongoing projects that are being funded by the World Bank, but then being implemented by different ministries and agencies for so for instance if you are working in um the food sector there is a project at the ministry of trade and industry it's called the Sierra processing competitiveness project they have like a whole component where they support smes um, with grants and they also support them with business development services which is quite um, useful and important because i always say SMEs and entrepreneurs, uh, when, whenever you ask for challenges, access to finance is the utmost thing everyone will be crying about. But really, after 
so many diagnostics that we've done in, in these sectors, we've noticed that it's about um, skills development, it's about human resources. So if you can get into a program like this where they offer like business development services to actually increase your, your business capacity, because whatever money, whatever grants you are going to gain at the end, you need the capacity to be able to implement activities and manage that fund. We will be right back after this short message from our brand partner, The Dollhouse Boutique. The Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast is supported by The Dollhouse Boutique, an American household brand for one-of-a-kind fashion and bespoke creations. Find your next stylish look at shopdollhouseboutique.com. We have stores in Baltimore, Maryland and Los Angeles, California, showing the best of local designers. Our first international fashion boutique opens in Sierra Leone in 2022. Until then, find us on Instagram at Dollhouse MT Vernon. That's Dollhouse MT Vernon. And now, make we go back to the show. Another ongoing project called the um, Economic Diversification Project. It mostly deals with, I think, um, the Ministry of Tourism. And so for SMEs in the tourism sector, light manufacturing. So these are mm -hmm. the, these are opportunities where you can you can tap into. They have their applications. It's mostly online. It's I think um, they just had a call for application. Okay. It was popularized all over the country, so it's open to all SMEs. Mm -hmm. So so my advice to SMEs is to keep your ears out there and just try to network. We have also the local content agency. So be part of these, these kind of platforms, and these are the places where information gets shared, and you will get to know if something is happening in your sector or where you can tap into different opportunities, what meetings you can attend, and yes, and, and these resources are out there, yeah. Man, this is so amazing. I'm so I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I yes, think that and, and just a lot of people sorry, know, a lot of people don't just, to go for help. Uh, sorry, um, sorry, just to conclude conclude on the resources. I just mentioned few opportunities on uh -huh. the public side. Uh -huh. So on the private side also you have the innovation access. Um, it's it's um, it's they they do lots of incubation and accelerator program in South Kingston. I think you can always reach out to them. They've done um, quite some work in the the ecosystem. And is that Stephen Stephen somebody's? Yes, um, Stephen's judge. Yeah, Stephen's yes. right. Okay. Yes, Francis Stevens. Sorry. Yes, Francis. They, Francis yes, Francis Stephen. Yes, they do. They do. Um, they do the pitch night. Yes, they do the pitch night and yeah. coding. They yeah. do um, like this markets. Um, what is the call now? So, so there are different markets linkages platform that you can tap into. So, I think the opportunities are out there is for SMEs to actually grab it and get involved. Just don't sit there and 
wait for funds if you can scale up, try to scale up, try to attend these business classes, these pitch nights. I, I, I have pitched once with Francis in one of the um, women, I think it was Women Entrepreneurship Week or something like that. So it's very important mm -hmm. as an SME to be part of um, these platforms. Yeah. No, that's fabulous. Um, like you said, I know for a fact that like eight years ago, there weren't these resources. Um, and definitely 10, I mean, for the longest time, the only kind of business support that I knew of was, you know, they used to do this thing called Business Bomba, which I think was a DFID funded um, grants program that gave, you know, you would pitch your idea and then they'd help you through. I know a couple entrepreneurs who came out of that um, uh, um, Dr. Um, Movigo um, came out of that for the tea company, um, Dr. Eva, and then I know that there was like a cleaning company that came out of that. I think Unimax also might have come out of that. I think, Unimax, I mean, not, I mean yeah. I'm not sure, but like, I know that like, um, that's for the longest time, that was like the only thing that was around to provide that kind of resources and support to help people kind of kickstart their entrepreneurship ventures or to scale. Um, so I'm really glad to know that for someone like you and for other people, the sector has kind of evolved now in a way where you have enough resources. It may not be sufficient, um, but at least yeah. we're not at zero. Maybe now we're at like four or five, um, which if you're like a really dedicated entrepreneur trying to build a brand, um, looking for resources, yeah. these are places that at minimum um, can provide you with some kind of uh, support. I read the latest um, entrepreneurship. Um, they did the ecosystem mapping for entrepreneurship in Sierra Leone. And um, just to speak to what you were saying about how a lot of people say that money is like the biggest thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, you know, the minute you talk about you need people that know to get access to finance, but um, and so people don't seek business development opportunities. Tell if somebody will create something for like help you build your business capacity. If money not in it, people they're not they continue. <laughs> so no. Like yeah, no. so scanning they do media and money. If you like, they give money, you not call me. And so oftentimes, a lot of entrepreneurs will start out with the trainings, but they don't complete it because they're like, oh, money not in I ask for no ones. No. But it's also the reason why a lot of them don't grow because if you're not able mm. to learn how to operate business how for one business, if you also, if you're not even mm. able to understand technology, able to use technology for your business, your business mm. will grow, no matter how great your idea mm. is. It will grow to a certain point, but then beyond that, it will plateau. You're not able to scale because you just in this vicious cycle, Usai, you just didn't at that beginning stage. You know, like some people, and then you go not get business mm. five years, 10 years, but you still didn't at that startup phase. Yeah. Because you're not able like inject any kind um additional resources into your business for making yeah. Okay. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean I know you you do the juices and you do the um the fonio and the honey. Yeah. Which came first? Which of the products came first? The smoothies and how how are they different or how are the markets the the consumer markets different or is it the same market? Cuz they're all kind of health products. But I want to yeah. kind of believe, like, I don't know if it's the same customer. Is it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, um, related. It's it's the same product, and so it was the honey. We started with the honey. So because the honey, like you see, okay. you get um, a longer shelf life. Then we begin like in. It was B and B. 
just distributing to supermarkets, mm-hmm. um, hotels, and that kind of thing. So now we did in over 40 supermarkets and shops then, and also just free tour we did, we did go with the Kenema, with the McKinney, so the time for the all over the side. So it's that a big Italian awesome. 40, mm-hmm. you're Thank in you. 40. Please let us let us discuss this moment, please. Don't, don't <laughs> talk when I'm talking about and over let's 40. me let me <laughs> let us discuss this. Let this accolade receive this accolade, yeah. please. Let us talk about <laughs> this milestone of your honey product, mm-hmm. Estu Delight Honey, is in over 40 supermarkets and shops across Sierra Leone, including Freetown, Bo, and McKinney, basically like yeah. nationwide. Nationwide, That's exactly. Awesome. Yeah. And we were able to do this within two years. It's, how it's... were you able, how with, no, go ahead. Yeah, so this we don't do within two years, like I say, when I started with the only there were a few products um, on the shelves. And I think we there were about know, two or three products on the shelves. And there was this new policy about um, made in Sierra Leone, local content, supply local content. So I think that was quite good for SMEs. Um, each supermarket, uh, they have these shelves for made in salon product. So for me, that's, that's how it started. So I personally would just walk walk up to the supermarket and the person and tell us, hey, I get only for sale, oh, this is organic only, we don't mix it with nothing, and most of the time they were always skeptical about, oh, all my accounts only now, but say the mix or this way, mix and that, then I'll be like, okay, I would even show you my, my quality certification because that is one thing I tried to do at the start. I did all my quality tests and to actually ascertain and that I'm selling safe products to the market because that is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Food safety is an important issue. So that's how then word of mouth, then one supermarket will recommend to other one. Like for instance, Freetown Mall will say, oh, you get really good on it, send out to Freetown supermarket. Then you go say, okay, we get where we order branch and a center and that. So I think with time, we don't able to build brand, but it was quite difficult, especially with, we know the one that we get the supermarkets and Lebanese them. So they don't use strategy for imports, they use honey them. Now the market, so at that end, they will be just the used um, to take rubber, like the plastic bottle. Okay, so relationships with the importers, them, yeah. Exactly. So how do you break that? But I think say that policy really play a role. And now because people are becoming health conscious, the local content policy. Yes, yes, the local content okay, policy. I think say that they help. Yes, yes. And people are really now people are actually they choose local only and um, instead of imported yeah. only. And we don't get yeah. to that stage now. Tradina with the force. Like all time I'll therefore send me me delivery guy. Oh, like we have to do um like checks and monitoring after two weeks. Go check outside the only don't know made it, made us mm-hmm. make you supply them. But now they would actually call hey, when people like I and oh. I still delight or need them they want to because we've tried to build a brand with consistency yeah. and the packaging was a lot of issue also. But when I change the package, then I get like these squeezable bottles and glass bottles. So that was really, really good. So when we begin, we'll be the select, let's say two batter, then we'll begin select 20, 30 batter per month. So it's actually growing. And I think 
the space is is getting competitive because now if you go to the supermarket, it's a little with three number. Now we pass five, six people, all mama sell for me, you know. But I think mm-hmm. we'll spend a lot of time to actually develop a brand and to ensure we're selling mm-hmm. quality product out there. So all of the time mm-hmm. I get I began for change the number and I'm in packaging. So a private summer people are like, hey, but we don't see you on in we don't see you on it. So that actually gives me joy for many people like look for mm-hmm. brand, you know, so we know that people like that, the way they go, what's not only, and then I go, but they just want buy them. Like what you hear? Don't forget to leave us a review. Your reviews make it easier for others to find this podcast. Don't forget to share it with your friends and family. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. Me, quality, well, no, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Quality and access. And I also ensure, like I said, this is something I'm really passionate about. And I want to make Sierra Leoneans, people are able to afford and able for access quality food. Now we write, not to say not for just elites or people the way they did not the upper class for for buying good food or quality. Not so because of our drink only, I forgot buy that person in your street one or sure say you don't add sugar. But if I'm not for say this person in your brand name day, now the bottle in contact day day, and a little story, I can always that visibility aspect. I came to trace back for say, oh, I submitted this I submit this brand where they buy it, so you know, and I know say that they, they, they offer quality mm-hmm. something. So for me, actually, na access mm-hmm. into all other SMEs and the food sector for not just able up with game for actually sell quality food. So we customize them because people mm-hmm. like anything when I made in salon, even Benny, when people like what's not made in salon, they will just tie tie and any kind of plastic put on yeah, the supermarket, yeah. and it's sometimes so unsightly not to say people and no one for mm-hmm. supports the business but not just because it doesn't look good and it doesn't look good so we get for try the aspects of it also yeah i think it is a question of pride right but ultimately yeah. um it, it's self-pride and and national pride really if i'm a person doing business and i have pride in myself and i respect myself then there's a certain way that i will not present the things that that I'm making and selling because I see them as an extension of myself, right? And then as a Sierra Leonean also, if you come at it from that perspective, as a Sierra Leonean making a product in Sierra Leone, I also want to take extra pride in the fact that I'm making a Sierra Leonean product. I want it to look a certain way because even if if at some point it's just local, but we all need to have kind of our eyes on the global market. Honey is a universal exactly. product. There's no reason why mm-hmm. honey in Sierra Leone can't be exported and sold on Amazon. There's no reason why honey made in Sierra Leone can't be exported and sold on um, Whole Foods Market. And there's actually a uh, there's actually a Sierra Leonean entrepreneur in the U.S. who has a um, 
a global marketing, um, a global marketplace for whole food and natural food products called Grovara. His name is Abu Kamara. And what they do basically is they take whole foods and natural foods and organic foods and get it into like their marketplace so then they can get distribution for it into the U.S. market and also globally. So the the world that we live in now is, is this global marketplace. But like you said, quality is the most important thing. And then also the brand and making your product accessible. Like, yeah, we're always gonna have like supply chain issues. You're always gonna, I mean, look at right now, even we dip on COVID, everybody has supply chain issues. Everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. Supply chain issues mm-hmm. are global. But if mm-hmm. your product is the best it can be and you're always working to make it improve, supply chain issues or not, customer then go wait for get you products, customer then go mm-hmm. even like, some kind of thing in the way are so committed to the brand. If you know they are saying no want, that's how mm-hmm. much like loyalty, um, having like a quality product and brand can you can have with your customers where they're like, oh, when I don't get honey, I see the lights on, you know, they okay with me, I don't want. Um, I go with. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and, and that's, I get that all that's, the yeah, time. Yeah, and that's what people should be doing. Oh, mm-hmm. of course, ah, quality. Mm-hmm. When we so mm-hmm. when I was in Sierra Leone in December, I drank a lot of you know, saying a COVID, you get for drink boku of this like honey, ginger, this, 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 so we set that host. So, you know, yeah, we sent to the we sent to the supermarket and we were drinking Estu Delight. So, I'm definitely a fan. Yeah. Um, I think what you've done with the brand because I remember when I met you, I feel like 2015, no, 2016 for the first time. Um, I think oh, you're just gone out of school and you were you know, primarily focused on um, the construction business. You you were interested. Definitely, you've always had a head for business since the first time I met you when we had Recipes mm-hmm. for Success, that business networking event. Um, and yeah. I've always really respected, like, people who are entrepreneurial, they just have a head for it. So it doesn't even necessarily matter what they do. They're just always looking for opportunity. They're always looking for ways to add value. And I yeah. feel like you've definitely been that kind of person. So I'm so proud to see how you've scaled S Delights um, in really no time at all. You know, like if you really talk about it, like you've really grown really fast to be in over 40 stores nationwide is no easy feat. And uh, you clearly also developed a large expertise in the sector. So I hope that other people who are listening um, and looking to grow, you can they can come to you as like their godmother. <laughs> if you yeah. be god mommy of like processing. Um, okay, so thank you yeah. so much for making the time to come on the show. I now want to invite you to my favorite part of the show, which is called um, On the Six. This is the fast fire section of the show. I am going to ask you six questions and you have six seconds to answer. And I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. I don't want you to take too long. There are no wrong answers. You have all the right answers. So this is, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So this is Make Serially Unfamous podcast. On the six with entrepreneur founder of Estu Delights. On the six with Mayama Haja Myers. Here's your first question. What is your favorite Sierra Leonean parable or expression? Soup sweets na monikila. Girl. 
Okay, okay. I like it. That's right. <laughs> okay, next one. In two sentences, tell me the plot of the last movie you watched. Just the last movie I watched. <laughs> the last did I watch a movie? Um... Time is running. Time is running. <laughs> The last All right, we're moving on to the next question. What song are you playing on repeats right now? Um, Exodus by the <laughs> Yay! We love Drizzlelick on the show. All right, um, what's one thing you've been meaning to do that you still haven't done? I want to launch the, the mobile bar. I want to launch Esther's Delight mobile bar. So that is what I'm looking forward to. And... I think Sedania for those ones is last year, it's still not here. So yeah, the Esther Delights Mobile Bar. Just bar. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Bar. Okay. Um, and when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, what keeps you going? My mother. Who is yeah. one Sierra Leonean dead or alive who inspires you? My mother. Asia too. <laughs> Asia to say then, but they be the column is to is to enterprises growing up nine abedi. Oh, is that why your contractor. brand is S two delight? Yes, the, growing up Aww, she was the only female is contractor lovely. that I know. Yeah, yeah. That so really so for me, I remember, I remember one time I get a huge order from a multinational company. We be they do the smoothies and juices that I will just start. Now they like to go. What me go do? Tell them they beat me. How me go able to supply this? So I was, it was devastating at that moment. I don't even think, I'm like, oh my God, this is a huge opportunity. This is a multinational company. They get guested or can wait to make it for do. I had to take all my things. I go find one police station where get solar power. Now they are go, I beg them, I, I tell me, employee, they do a lot cleaner. Then I go mix me juice then they. I mix me just then. They later attest all the police wow. that one bottle, and every day we are like, "Ebonya, sitting for come back tomorrow, for come make you just then, you know." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, it's, it's my brother. May her soul rest you in gotta peace. Do what you gotta do. May her soul rest in peace. But for me, it was service for her, and what you had to do, not to just but me. As to the light, still not able to begin it, but it's about my community. I think this is needed in Freetown, in needed in Sierra Leone. Now we write for able for drink healthy and nutritious drinks. All man just they drink fizzy drinks and all that kind of thing that they will not add any benefit to the body where we get the produce there. It's a lot to do all the processing. It's really a distorted supply chain, but I think so with effort, with passion, and if the community supports the business, I think we can get there eventually. Yeah. And I believe you. And I know that you're not even you're not just going to take and grow your own company. I know that you're gonna uh, make room at the table for others' growth as well, because you're just that kind of person. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on the Make Sierra Leone Famous podcast. Um, it's been delightful to have you here, <laughs> SD Delight. <laughs> Thank you, Haja. Thank you for listening. Thank you, you so much. Time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vicky, for this opportunity. Thank you, thank you for listening to the Make Salem Famous Podcast. Until next time, 
Ciao, ciao.